And what a pleasure to say good morning to a guy who has seen his degree of success and disappointment in politics. Tim Hudak is here, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives, now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Tim, nice to have you. Good morning. Good morning, John Moore. All right. Well, let's sort through some of these, and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to John King it necessarily. But uh, let's start with John Tory, re-elected in Canada's most populous city, and re-elected by a very, very wide margin. So the idea that this was a horse race was kind of a laugh. <laughs> no doubt. Um, well, listen, congratulations to Mayor Tory and John. This does not come about because of, of luck. This comes about because of hard work, strong, competent management, uh, ethical uh, leadership uh, as well. He spooked out any major challengers because he had a very strong record of success. Uh, the question, I think, is if you're John Tory, you know, where do you go from here? And there's no doubt unfinished business, right? Really, three quarters of his second term was lost during because of COVID uh, issues to manage, where he was, uh, you know, very successful, and, and no doubt, like strong management, John, and, and ethical performance, and uh, uh, hydrogen energy, uh, great at bringing people together. That can that get you reelected. It makes you popular, and that should be legacy enough. But I, I think John Terry is going to pursue a legacy, not only be the longest-serving mayor of the city of Toronto, but one of the greats. So where does he focus? I think on getting that transit plan built, getting the city moving again. And number two, housing, making sure that average, hardworking Canadians can actually find a place they can afford uh, in the city of Toronto. On the positive side, to get the negatives, if you like, on the positive side, uh, he's going to have the strong mayor powers, which will enable him to expedite those two issues on the mayor's agenda, housing and transit, transportation. And secondly, the one that people don't talk about enough is is getting civil servants in places that get the job done, that will reflect the mayor's style of governance, that will focus on that agenda. That's a major piece of that legislation that I think will enable uh, John Tory. There, there will be some headwinds, there's no doubt about it, but I think has the opportunity, with the council behind him, of being a legacy mayor in the city of Toronto, not just for longevity, but getting things done. Some other notable names, and I'll let you focus in on any of these battles that uh, you find compelling, but Bonnie Crombie re-elected in Mississauga, Steve Del Duca elected for the first time in Vaughan, Patrick Brown re-elected in Brampton, Andrea Horvath, former leader of the NDP, elected in Hamilton. What do you see? Bonnie Crombie is a future liberal leader. Um, look, I, I would go watch a student council race, John. I just love my politics. So uh, Debbie and I were glued to the TV last night watching all the speeches, and I thought the person that came across the, the best was Bonnie Crombie, running Can sorry, Ontario's third largest uh, city, a huge majority. Uh, I can see her leading the Liberal Party of Ontario someday, and I do hope she helps Mississauga become a standalone city and gets it out of, of Peel. My other favorite to watch, and I'll get to a third as a group, my other favorite was uh, Andrea Horvath. Andrea and I, while we were from opposite parties, uh, served very well together in the Ontario legislature. We actually got along very well personally, and we cooperated a number of issues in the House. Uh, I was happy to see her win. I, I like her a lot. I donated to her campaign. It happened to be her birthday as well, John. So congratulations to Andrea running the city of Hamilton, our fourth largest uh, sorry, our third largest, uh, second largest city. <laughs> and last, there's a group I'm going to call sort of the, 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 the COVID embarrassments. There was a <laughs> series of, you know, mayors who really got on the wrong side of the COVID issue, were mired in controversy, flip-flopped all over the place. These are smaller communities, but I followed it out of interest. So you saw the Norfolk mayor, you know, get wiped out that had offered to, you know, block anybody from coming and cutting off their water and then went the opposite direction. The Haldeman mayor, Ken Hewitt, came third. He was a candidate that Doug Ford actually had running for him uh, provincially in my hometown in West Lincoln. The mayor there got on the wrong side of the COVID issue, was uh, defeated. Uh, and Nia Singh, who we've had on this station quite a bit, you yep. know, it's kind of an anti-vax guy, came a distant 12th in mayoral race. So I think voters in the municipal election actually looked at the COVID management and casting their ballots this time around, too.
Let's talk about provincial politics and uh, Doug Ford. Uh, what's his game in refusing to appear before the inquiry into the Emergencies Act? Yeah, I, I don't quite get it. I, I don't know if it's a, an, an argument sort of, a, of an inside baseball about, um, you know, provincial leaders and parliamentary privilege and discussing what happens at a provincial cabinet, a federal inquiry. I, I don't know. I see it as an opportunity, though. I mean, if I were there, unless I'm missing something, I, I'd counsel the, the premier and the former Solicitor General Sylvia Jones to be there. I, I think they did a very good job when it came to managing the Emergencies Act in Ontario, uh, how they uh, disbanded the protest blocking the amb- Ambassador Bridge in Windsor. I thought what happened the city of Toronto was remarkably well handled, and I suspect it was just weak need, incompetence, lack of direction in the city of Ottawa. So I think he's got a good story to tell, and I'd actually encourage him to go there and tell it. Yeah, well, I don't know if he's listening, but I, uh, you and I are on exactly the same page. I thought that largely Doug Ford handled the pandemic very well and the convoy protests, so he's got nothing to hide. I think it's entirely political, though. He'd just prefer that the small cohort of of his supporters who support the convoy, um, he wants to coddle them and let Justin Trudeau wear whatever he has to wear over cracking down. Yeah, I think you're exaggerating that, John. I think that's a, a small a small number. Um, I mean, Doug Ford did bring in some of the uh, strongest COVID measures yep. uh, anywhere in North America and won by, you know, a landslide election victory. So I think you're you're overweighting that aspect. I suspect he just thinks it's a mess, it's a mire, it's a circus. You know, why get dragged uh, into that? But, uh, you know, I think the line that he has used, which is basically, look, you've got a right to protest, you know, say your piece, go to Queen's Park and trample every blade of grass that's there. But when you shut down a city, right, when you make it into an occupation, that's when the hammer comes down and you break it apart. They did that in Windsor and Toronto. They should have done it sooner in Ottawa. He's a good story to tell and he should tell it. Okay, this next story is definitely in your wheelhouse as the guy who heads up the Ontario Real Estate Association. The province is raising the non-resident real estate tax from 20% to 25%. What's your take? Uh, look, I totally get the politics of this, right? This is one that pulls at probably about 80%, and no doubt a frustration when you're an Ontario home buyer. You can't get on the market no matter what you do, how much money you've saved, and how you played by the rules, and you see foreign buyers uh, getting in. Um, the reality is it's really about 2 to 3% of the market uh, max, and I suspect a shrinking at this point in time. But what's important here is the province is setting up big legislation they're announcing some details of today, um, which is going to be around accelerating housing, standing up to to NIMBYs, uh, giving uh, greater powers um, to uh, to council to get more homes uh, built, intensifying in urban areas, allowing homes in residential neighborhoods that, you know, could be a, a small worn-out home on a lot to not able to have two or three houses on that lot. So some really ambitious legislation. I think part of that is saying, okay, when we build these homes, let's make sure they're there for Canadians who play by the rules and not foreign buyers. And the new Prime Minister uh, in the U.K., is worth a billion dollars, actually well over a billion dollars. Is that a problem when a political leader is rich, or are they able to set that aside? It depends on how you approach the issues, right? And so if you come across that way, and Richie Sunak got in trouble when he lost a Liz Trust because his wife comes from wealth, and they had some foreign investments that didn't pay taxes in the U.K., and that, that was legal, 
but doesn't look the right way. So if you approach issues of affordability just as extreme in the UK as they are here in Canada, and you're sympathetic, you're helping out the working class, you've got that approach, then it doesn't matter. But if you make a slip up further like that, John, then I do think it works against you, particularly in these highly sensitive times. Okay, we've got 60 seconds here. Just a quick question for you. Uh, having been in politics, is today a day where you're going to burn through your Rolodex and call up a bunch of uh, re-elected and newly elected mayors and offer your congratulations? Yeah, I, I do like doing that. And uh, there's, you know, you, you made some comments earlier. There's a lot of folks who I knew in provincial circles uh, who have been uh, successful or, you know, gave it a good shot at the uh, at the local level. Uh, one that's a bit, yeah, it's within your, your listenership. In Peterborough, Jeff Leal was a liberal cabinet minister I got along with well. So he won uh, in Peterborough, another major area of change where COVID issues uh, came to the forefront and, of course, are local and, and here in the city. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I do feel that connection. Folks that I've known before, I was cheering from, and I, I do admire those who who put their hand up right john anybody can sit you know on on the on the bar still the lazy boy and, and moan and complain very few people actually have the courage to raise their hand to step forward and take a shot at it i admire them whatever part of they come from background a lot of congratulations today deserved thank you sir good to have you this morning have a great day